Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Avram Shur. Mesechas Ksubis has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Shlomo Naiman, Lila Nishmats of Yaakov ben Matasio Zatzal and Chayabas Pesach. Ksubis daf yutes. The Gemara in the bottom of Yudchesme Beis brought down a brisa. Tan Rabbanan, ein namanim lepoisle divereb meir. Even though in the Mishnah we learned that a edim shamru ksav yadeinu huzeh. Edim who show up and they say we are the edim that are signed on the star. They verify that they're the signatures. So they're mekayim the star. Avol anusim ayinu ketanim ayinu psuli edus ayinu. However, we were forced to sign it, or we were ketanim at the time of the signature, or we were psuli edus. So the Mishnah said that they're namanim. Reb Meir in the brisa argues and says they're not namanim. What is the reason for this? The Gemara says, We understand the Rabbanan hold that they're Nemonim, just like we explained in the Mishnah, because of Hapesha Asur, who Hapesha Hitter. Since they're the ones who provided us with the information that they're the ones who signed on the Shtar, they're also Nemonim to say that it was Puzzle when they signed it. However, what does Rabmeir hold? The Gemara says, Bishlam Absolute Edus. We understand why they would not be Nemon to say that they were Absolute Edus when they signed. Because Malvegufei Meikara Medik Dayak. The Malva is the one who pays for the Shtar to be written, and the Malva would never have Adam signed on a Shtar and throw out money for no reason if they're Pasla Adam. Ketanim nami kirub shimben lakish, damresh lakish chazaka, ene edim chaisven al ashtar, elem ke nasib gadol. Even ketanim, we have an umdina that's running against the pesha asar, which says that they would never sign on ashtar unless they were gadolim. Rashi explains that of course we don't mean that there's a chazaka on the ketanim themselves that they wouldn't sign ashtar. Rather, it's in the same vein as the first chazaka that we mentioned, that the malva would be made a gadayik, so too the malva would make sure that the edim in front of him are gadolim. Why is it that we need a new chazaka, a new klal of Rishlakish if we already said that the Malva's made a Gdayik? So you have to say that without Rishlakish's klal, there would have been a makam to be mechalik between the chazaka that he would make sure that they're kosher edim, which means that he would look into their background before having them sign, and the chazaka that they're gedolim. Because maybe he has some boys in front of him that look like they're gedolim, and that's enough for him. He sees in, in front of him, in front of his eyes, that there are people that look like gedolim. He would have them sign. He wouldn't necessarily check into them to make sure that they're of age. Or even if they're of age, he wouldn't necessarily make sure that they have Cyrus. Therefore, Rav Shlakish has to add that the same Chazaka that tells us that the Malva is going to make sure that they're not psuliators, they also includes the fact that he'll make sure that they're G'doylem. Now, this is all according to the way Rashi explains. Rashi in Deber Maschal Elm Kenase Begadol, he says, Vegabe Edim Nam Yamrin Chazaka Ein Haloi Keach Machtem Boy Ketanim. The Balashtar would not be Machtem people that are Ketanim on the Shtar because he would not throw out money for no reason. However, Toysfis on the bottom of Yud Chesmet Beis, according to one Teretz in Toysfis, seems to hold otherwise. Toysfis' Lushen over there is as follows. Ketanim nami kirushim ben lakish, have a motzi lameimar, the Gemara could have said, Uketanim nami mishum demalve gufei medik dayik. The Gemara could have said the same time that we said by Psuli Edus. So why do we say Rish Lakish's klau? The Gemara would like to say a different time for each one. In Toysis' second Teretz, they hold more like Rashi. Inami, Toysis says, time of the Rishlakish Gufei, Nami Misham Demalva Medek Dayek. But according to the first Teretz, it's Muchach the Toysis did not hold that the reason for Rishlakish is because the Malva is going to be Medek Dayek and make sure that they're, that they're Gedoylum. Rather, it's a Chazaka about the Chosmen themselves. There's a Chazaka that they, they would not be Chosim when they're Ketanim. And Rabbi Kveger asks, how could it be possible to have a chazaka about ketanim that they would not be choysim themselves on a shtar? They're ketanim. In the Chedush HaRa'ah, you also see that he learned like Toysvis, because the Chedush HaRa'ah comes to explain why the Rabbanan don't agree with Reb Meir. If there's a chazaka, then Eide Eide B'choysman Al-Ashtar Elm Kenasib Gadol, what is it that the Rabbanan disagree with? And one of the Terutim he says is that perhaps the Rabbanan don't hold a Resh Lakish, Ela Be'edim Gedolim. Meaning that the chazaka that ain't edim chesim nashar elam kenasib gadol is something that they hold of only as far as the malva and the leiva are concerned. The edim would never sign a star if the malva and the leiva were not gedolim. But to say that the chazaka tells us that the edim themselves are gedolim says the uh, the rabbanon hold that we don't say because the edim themselves are labene deyninu. They don't have das, so it doesn't make sense to say that there's a chazaka that they themselves are gedolim, which shows us that the ra'ah uh, understands that Reb Meir, who does hold the rishlo holds that there's even a chazaka that the Edom themselves, when they signed, are gedolim. And this, as we explained, is very difficult to understand because how could there be a chazaka 
that the Edom themselves, at the time of the signature, were Gedolim. There's nothing theoretically holding back a cotton from signing, which is why Rashi disagrees. Rashi says that the Chazaka is the Chazaka on the person that he would be Machtim Edom only Gedolim. So to defend Toisvis, and perhaps the Ra'ah as well, the Nesivas in the Beis Yaakov explains that even though on Kitanim, who are less than 13 years old, we can't say that there's a Chazaka that they wouldn't sign the Shtar. Nevertheless, for those Kitanim, we don't really need a Chazaka, because we would imagine that the Bala Shtar would never be Machtem them. As Rashi holds, the only time that we need a Chazaka that the Ketanim themselves wouldn't sign is people, like we mentioned earlier, who are already of age but did not necessarily yet bring Shtei Saris. So the Balashtar would be Machtan them perhaps because he looks to him like a Gadol. And with such a cotton, there could be a Chazaka, says the Nesivas, that he wouldn't sign the Shtar if he wasn't yet a Gadol, because he brings from the Shulchan Aruch and Cheshemishpit Simen Zayin, Siv Gimel, that even if he didn't bring Shtei Cyrus yet, he still would be able to be a Dayan. There are certain things that he could do, there's a certain level of Das that he has, and it's possible, based on that level of Das, to say that there's a Chazaka, that because he knows he's not really eligible yet to sign the Shtar, he would not sign it until he gets Shtei Cyrus. And the reason why such a cotton is not allowed to sign, he explains based on the Sma, that although he's considered a Bardas, he's still not allowed to sign because the aid has to be an Ish, it's Xer Sakosov. So Mela, it comes out that we have two ways of understanding the Chazaka in our Sugi, the Chazaka of Rish Lakish. According to Rashi, the Chazaka of Rish Lakish is similar to the first Chazaka that's mentioned in our Gemara, namely the Chazaka that the Balashtar, who's spending money, wouldn't be Machtim such people. So just like he wouldn't be Machtim Suli Edis, he also wouldn't be Machtim Ketanim. And according to Toisvis and the Ra'ah, we're talking about a Chazaka that they themselves have, that they wouldn't sign the Shtar unless they already have the Din of a Gadol, and that, Alpidanisivis, means that the children who already became of age, but they did not yet bring Shtei Cyrus, we can trust them that they wouldn't sign because they have a level of Das and are only disqualified from being, from being Adim because of Xerxes that they have to be an Ish. Now the Gemara continues and explains that although we understand why Reb Meir would say that Adim are not Nemanim to say that we were Ketanim, as well as Reb Meir Shita that they're not Nemanim to say that we were Psuli Edus, both because of the Chazakas that we mentioned. But the Gemara doesn't understand why they're not Nemanim to say that we were Anusim. There's no Chazaka that says that Edim who are being forced to sign a get. And as the Gemara has already explained, that this Anusim means Anusim Machos Nefashis. There's no Chazaka saying that they wouldn't sign the get. The Gemara answers, Amrav Chista Kasavar Abmeir, Edim Sha'amrulahem. Chismu Sheker, sign falsely. Va'al Tehargu, otherwise we'll kill you. So then the halacha is, Yehargu, they should allow themselves to be killed, they should not sign falsely. Therefore, says Rashi, when they say that there are Nusim Machvus Nefashis, they're making themselves into Rishayim. And since Ein Adam Mesim Atzvi Rasha, they're not believed. Amalei Rava, Rava says, how could this be? Hashta ilu asul kamon lim luche, if they come in front of us and ask us what they should do, Amrin Aluhu, we tell them, zilu, go, chasumu, and sign, veloy siskatlun, and don't get killed. The Amar mar en lucha dover shayim bevifnei pikoch nefesh, ela vedeskechavim, gila raizish vichasdam bovad. The only thing that's oin bevifnei pikoch nefesh, you're supposed to kill, we say, yaharik val yaver, is these three averis, avedeskechavim, gila raizish vichasdam. So hashta de chasmu, Amrin Aluhu, amai chasmisu, now that they sign, we say to them, why did you sign it? That's considered like to make themselves into Rishayim. And indeed, the Rishayim ask, how could Rechista have such a Havamina that Adam are expected to give up their lives? Since we know that it's only these three Avelis Chamuris that are Yaharag Val Yavar. So the Ramban brings the Yesh Mefarshim that there is a Brisa in which it says, If they tell a person, be over this Avera and save your life, don't get killed. Yavar v'al Yaharik, should be over the Avera and not get killed. Except for the three Averas Chamuris. And Reb Meir adds, in the Brisa, it says in the Brisa, Reb Meir Oymer Afa Gezel. That Gezel is another thing that you're supposed to give up your life for. And therefore, says the Ramban, the Reb Meir is Lashit that he holds that you're supposed to be Moiser Nefesh. Not to be over Gezel and to sign on a star in which somebody is going to have to pay money illegally, that's called Gezel. 
Now, the Ramban, after bringing this pshat down, he says, Valab Milsahi, disagrees with it. And it's possible that the reason why he disagrees with it is because he holds that even if Reb Meir holds that for Gezel, there's a dinner Yaharik Val Yavar, but Edus Sheker is not necessarily called Gezel. Because you're not stealing money bepoil, you're just causing that money should go out of a person's rishul shaloi kedin. However, in the Shalos Tshuva's Binyan Tzian, Simon Kuf Samach Zayin, he explains that the Yesh Mefoshim that the Ramban is bringing down holds that since the Sheet of Reb Meir is that we're in Dina de Garmi, he holds that when a person causes somebody else loss, he has to pay. So Edus Sheker causes somebody a loss and it's similar to Gezel and therefore there's Yaharik Val Yavar on it. Now, a similar shita we find, actually, is shita's Rashi. Rashi in Bavakamad of Samachum Over there, the Gemara brings down the story about David HaMelech, and that he had a shayla mahu lahatzil atzmai b'momen chaveiroi. Are you allowed to save yourself if you are, your life is in danger? Are you allowed to save yourself using somebody else's momen? And actually, it says over there that Sanhedrin told David HaMelech that it's usr. Regular person, it's usr, you're a melech, and melech perts like geder, lasis leiderech, so melech has more leeway than other people. Now, Rav Yishtoyinim explained the Gemara over there that David HaMelech's Shiloh was not really whether you're allowed to save yourself rather if you have to pay when you save yourself meaning that it's a Dover Pasha that you're allowed to save yourself because there's no Isser Gezel that's going to hold you back from saving your life. Gezel is not Yaharag Val Yavar. And when they were asking the question, means are you allowed to save yourself using somebody else's mum without the intention to pay back? However, that's not the way Rashi over there explains it. Rashi explains that the Gemara is discussing a real Isser. It's Asr Lahatzel Atzmei Momen Chaveiro. Now, Rashi is actually somewhat problematic because at least according to the Ramban, the Ramban says that it's a machloikis between Reb Meir and the Rabbanan. Rashi is explaining the Gemara over there in Bavakama based on the assumption that Gezel is something that's Yaharik Val Yavar. And Rashi wouldn't do that if he held that it was a Das Yachid, only Shittas Reb Meir. Because how could you explain David Amelech's behavior based on a Shittas Yachid, which we don't paskin like? It's mashma that Rashi does paskin that way. In the Sefer Afik Yam, he brings another riot that this is Shittas Rashi. Rashi, Meseches Avis, Perik Hei the Mishnah that says that one of the Nisim that happened in the Beis Mikdash was that a woman was never mapila. She never miscarried or had a stillborn baby as a result of the smell of the aroma of Besar HaKodesh. Rashi explains, Mis'avis Besar Kodesh, Inami Meireach Eivorim Shel Hamarocha. Rashi explains, She'ilu Hericha, if a woman would happen to smell the Kodshim and she would want to taste it, we would not feed her even though it's a pikuach nefesh. And the Rishonim ask on Rashi, why would that be true? Everything is a pikuach nefesh. Furthermore, the Gemara in Yuma, Aleph, says that if a woman was pregnant and she smelled besar kodesh, we give her to eat. Explains that Rashi is l'shitosay. Because since Rashi holds that the Isra of Gezel is not nitche mipnei pikuach nefesh, so anytime there's an Isr Me'ila, the Isr Me'ila follows the pattern of, of Gezel. It's like stealing from Shemayim. So in Ovis, he's talking about the Basar of an Oila, which is not Yotzim Me'ila, and therefore there is Me'ila, so there's an Isr Gezel, and therefore we wouldn't give her to eat it. Mashenke, the Gemara in Yuma is talking about Kachamane Cholim, as is Mavur over there, like Echatis and Oshem, there there is no Isr Me'ila, there's only an Isr Kodesh, and that doesn't have a problem, because Pekoch Nefesh would be Doicha, any Isr that's not Isr Gezel. In any case, that's the Shittas Rashi, and it is a Shvera Shittas. It's something that's difficult to understand, because since we know that Pikuach Nefesh is Doicha Oli Surim, why would the Isser Gezel be any different? If you take a look at the Sefer Zichron Shmuel from Shmuel Rezovsky in Simon Pei Gimel, you'll see that he explains that the dinam of Dechia, the fact you're allowed to be Doicha Yisurim, either because Pikuach Nefesh or because Esse Doicha say all the laws that give us the right to be Doicha Yisurim, only works in the sphere of Isser and Heter. But you never can use somebody else's money to be Mekayim Yor Chiyuvim. I have a den of Pikuach Nefesh, so I have to keep myself alive. And therefore, all of my money could be used for that, and I could even go and be over Isurim. But somebody else's money is off-limits, even aside from the Isser Leisigzel. As a mushal, if somebody's life is in danger, and the only way to save his life would be to take somebody else's kidney. Now, assuming that it's not going to endanger his friend's life, the halach is that his friend is not mechuyiv to give him the kidney, 
even if it doesn't endanger his life, as the Pesachetshuva says in Yeridea, because that's not within the realm of the Chiyuvim a person has in order to save another person's life. Now, what would be if the person himself, whose life is in danger, would forcibly put his friend under anesthesia and steal his kidney? Would it be mutter for him to do that? The only iser that he's being over would seem to be the iser of putting him under surgery because it says, Yosef, Pen Yosef, you're not allowed to hit somebody or harm him, but that's not an iser that is one of the three Averis Chamuras. So Pikuch Nefesh theoretically should be Doich that iser. And yet we know that it's not true. You cannot do that in order to save your own life. Why not? The answer is, says Rup Shmuel, that Yenems, as something that belongs to somebody else, is off limits. It's not just because of the Iser Loy Sigzel, or the Iser of Loy Yosef Pen Yosef La Koisai, that says that I'm not allowed to take your kidney or your belongings. It runs much deeper than the Iser of Loy Sigzel per se. And what he seems to be saying is that the way that the Heter to do things for Pikuach Nefesh works is that I have a mitzvah of b'chai b'hem, so I have a din pikoch nefesh, that mitzvah of b'chai b'hem demands that I save my life, even if it's at the expense of isurim that I have. So it's the mitzvah itself which is asking me to eat chaylev if I have to, or to be over other isurim. And that's why it's doicha isurim. But my mitzvah of b'chai b'hem can never ask me to use somebody else's belongings or body in order for me to save my own life. So it's not that the Iser Loisigzo is greater than Pikuach Nefesh. Rather, over here, the mitzvah Pikuach Nefesh is not even asking me to take Yenems. It's not asking me to take somebody else's belongings. Shmuel actually says that even the other Yishayim who disagree with Rashi, it's not because they disagree with this Yisoy. They just hold that since the other person has an Iser of Loisamad al Damreyecha, so his money is already Meshubid to save me. And that's why I'm allowed to save myself using his money. So everybody really agrees in principle that the din of V'chai Bahem would never tell me to take what's somebody else's. And that's why I cannot take his kidney. But when it comes to using somebody else's money, since his money is Meshubid, based on his mitzvah to save me, to make sure that I stay alive, it's already not considered off-limits to me. I'll call upon him, this would be the Hezber for these shittas that we find that even beyond the uh, Gimel Averis Chamuris, there's a din that you're supposed to give up your life for something like Gezel, and this is the reason. Now, after being doicha, this Hezber, in the sheet of Reb Meir of the Braisa, that the reason why the Edom are not Nemonim to say that they were forced to sign of the Shtar is because they were supposed to give up their lives, the Gemara suggests a new explanation for Shittas of Meir. Time of the Meir, Kirav Hunamarav, the Amrav Hunamarav, Moide Bishtar, Shekosvoy, Ein Sarch Lekaimoy. As soon as Eloive is moida about a shtar that it was written based on his tzivoy, that it's not a forged shtar, you no longer have to be mekayim the shtar, meaning that the loive is no longer nemon to say, I paid up the choiv. Generally speaking, when somebody produces a shtar that says that I owe him money, I have the right to say that this is a forged document. I could say mezuyif. When you tie a mezuyif, that forces him to be mekayim the shtar and to prove that the signatures are valid. Kozman, he doesn't prove that the signatures are valid. He cannot collect from me because I could say Mizuyev. Now, by extension, one can imagine that just like I have the right to tie up Mizuyev, I could say it's a forged document, I also can claim that I paid the Chayv already. Paraiti, I paid it. And that's because I have a Migu. Since I could have tied it Mizuyev, I could say that it's forged. I also have the Kayach to tie that I paid it. However, Rav says that this is not the case. Once I agree that I had the star written and it's not a forged document, I'm not Nemeth to say Paraiti and he does not have to go and be Mekayimit to get rid of my ability to Taina Mizuyif in order to make me lose the Taina of Paraiti. You see, if Paraiti would be Nemon with the Migo de Mizuyif, then the only way for him to get rid of my claim is by going and being Mekayim the Shtar, thus taking away the Migo that I had originally. But Rav holds, ain't Sarch Lekayim. Rav holds, that's unnecessary. Once I say that this is the Shtar that I wrote, and I agree that it's not Mizuyif, then I was Mekayim the Shtar, and I'm no longer able to say Paraiti. Now, what's the Svara behind Rav? Why is it that Rav doesn't hold that I'm Nemon to say Paraiti? After all, I have a Migo. So Toysfis in Dibra Mascha Moide B'Shasha Kosvein Sarch Likaimai asks this question. Vim Toymer O My Toymer Loi Mehem Be Bemigo Di Ba Yamra Mezuyev. Toysfis answers via Shloimer De Shema Yorei Loive Loimer Mezuyev. Maybe he's afraid to say that it's Mezuyev because Pen Yakhishuhu Perhaps the Malva will contradict him. He's going to show that he lied when he said Mezuyev because he's capable of being Mekayim the Shtar. 
Now, even though, as soon as he says Perua, even were he to be Nemab Migu, the Malva could always be Mekayim the Shtar and then get rid of his Taina because he no longer has his Migu. Nevertheless, it's still more comfortable for him to say a Taina that doesn't make him look like a liar when the Malva is Mekayim the Shtar. Because if he says Mezuyah from the Malva is Mekayim the Shtar, then everybody sees that he lied when he said it was forged. Masha'enken, if he says Perua, you don't see from the fact that they're good signatures that I didn't pay the Chayv. It could be that I paid the Chayv and I just don't have a Migu to back that up. But I don't look like a liar. Now, Toysus then brings down a pshat b'shem Rashi. He says, The taima mishum, the dvar Torah, ain't tzarech kiyom, the eid machsum al-shtar, nasek mi shenech reidusim ebezden. Mid-airaisa, a shtar doesn't need any kiyom. Because mid-airaisa, when Edom are signed on a shtar, it's as if, their Edus was Nechkor Bebezen, as we learned earlier in the Gemara. And it was only their Abbanon who was Matzrech Kiyam. Their Abbanon are the ones that required Kiyam. When is it that their Abbanon required Kiyam? Only when the person tain is Mezuyev. When the person doesn't tain a Mezuyev, then it reverts back to the state of Nasa Kamisha Nechkor Edusim Bebezen. Now this Teretz needs a Hezber. Because even if you tell me that Midairaisa, a Shtar doesn't need Kiyam, it shouldn't make a difference. Because if Midra Abbanon, the Abbanon gave him the Koyach to tain a Mezuyev, so he still should have a migu. He could have said mezuyif and thereby would have been neman until the person's mekayim the shtar. He wouldn't have to pay. Therefore, he should be neman with a migu when he says that he paid it. So it doesn't really answer the question as to why there's no migu. Explains the Bizar Zalman in the Evan Ozel, Perak Yudalid, Hilchas Yudalid, that Rashi is actually not coming to address the question as to why there's no migu. The Rashi that Taisa is bringing down is addressing a different question. The reason why there's no migu is like Taisus explains because the person would be afraid to tie a mezuyif. He feels that it's possible for him to end up looking like a liar. However, there's another question. Aside from the idea of migu, which doesn't work if we believe that the person has a reason not to taina that taina, there's the idea of apesha asar, which works as we've explained in the past, starting in the beginning of the parak, using the svara that since this person is the provider of the information, it's only through him that we know that it's a good shtar. Without him, we would have thought that the shtar is forged. So he's neman to say that this information is not machai of him money because he paid it already. And that's the question that's bothering Rashi. He is the one who empowered this shtar. Without him, the shtar would be considered mezuyev because we know that there are banim were matzrich kiyom on a shtar. And since it's only through him that we have the kiyom in this shtar, he should be neman to say that this shtar is not machai of him money. He paid it. And to that, Rashi gives the terrace that Toysfus quotes, that really, Midai Raisa, Ashtar does not need Kiyom at all, because Edom Asum al Ashtar is Kemisha Nechre Edusim So I don't really need him to be Mekayim the Ashtar, Midai Raisa. Even under the Rabbanan level, says Rashi, where the Rabbanan were Matzrich Kiyom, they only were Matzrich Kiyom, they only required Kiyom when the person tiny is Mezuyif. If the person doesn't tiny Mezuyif, then the Shtar is naturally a good Shtar. So we can't say that it's him who was Mechaya the Shtar. It's not him who gave Kiyom to the Shtar. Moide B'Shtar doesn't mean that the Loiva is now being Mechaim the Shtar. Rather, the moment he forfeits his Tainus Mezuyif, the Shtar automatically exists as it did on a Deiraisa level. Because when the Rabbanit said that needs Kiyom, the Rabbanit didn't take away the Edus of the Shtar. The Rabbanit didn't say that until you're Mechaim, we assume that it's Mezuyif. Rather, the Rabbanit said you have the right to Taina Mezuyif. If you don't exercise that right, if you don't Taina Mezuyif, then we revert back to the Matziv of Edom Achsum Al-Shtar, Therefore, it's not him who's giving life to the Shtar. It's not through him that we believe that the Shtar is not Mezuyif. And so he doesn't have a Pesha Aser. So it comes out, according to Rabbi Zalman, Toysfis is actually addressing two different questions. The question of Migu, Toysfis is addressing by saying that he's Yare, Loimer Mezuyev, because he'll look like a liar. And when Toysfis brings down Rashi, that's to address a different question, which is, why is there no Pesha Aser? What's uncomfortable about this Pshat is two things. Number one, the Lushan of Toysfis doesn't sound like they're coming to address two separate issues, because Toysfis starts out with a question, Vim Toymar, and Toysus answers the question with Vyesh Loimar, the Shema Yori Loive Loimar Mezuyev, Penyak Yishu Vleka Migu, Upir Shakunches Bemokam Acher, the Taima Mishum, the Dvar Torah, etc. So the word the Taima Mishum sounds like he's explaining the reason why there is no Migu, because that's the discussion that Toysus started off with. 
So it doesn't sound so much like Toysvist is addressing an entirely different issue. Secondly, we've already seen that Toysvist throughout our parak doesn't agree that Hapesha Asr is a different type of Nemonis. Rashi Shita always is that Hapesha Asr is its own brand of Nemonis based on the fact that you're the provider of the information. However, Toysvis always refers to the Pesha Asrs in our Perik as a Migu. So it's confusing why Toysvis would then agree to this Pshat and Rashi. Rebbe Chanan in the Kovitz Yurim in Chelik Bey's Simon Gimel takes another approach to explain the Rashi. And he's mocked him with the Ran in Kedushin who explains the Mishnah over there in Kedushin of Samach Dalar Med Aleph. Over there, the Mishnah says that a father is Nemon to say that he was Mekadish his daughter, who is a Ketana, a father can be Mekabal Kedushin, and be Mekadish his daughter, marry her off to somebody. So he's Nemon to say, Kidashti Esbiti Aktana V'Gerashtiha. I was Mekadisher and was Mekabal Gerishin on her behalf as well. However, he's not Nemon to say that she was captured and I was poida her, which would mean since she was captured, the assumption always is that when Isha is captured amongst the Goyim, she becomes Pasal Lekahuna. So the father is not Nemon to say that she was captured and I was poida her from the captives. Because Lenisuin Hemni Rachmana, the Torah believed him about her Nisuin, and Bishvuya Loi Hemni Rachmana, the Torah did not believe him about captivity. Asks the Ran, why wouldn't the father be Neman with a Migu? He could say she was captured, b- Migu, that he could have said that he was Makadashir and was Makabal Gerishim, because Gerishim would also pass her Lukahuna. The Ran gives two Terutzim. In his second Teretz, which is the one that Rabbi is Medayik from, he says that since the fact that the Torah believed a father is a Chiddush, it's a special Chiddush din that the Torah allowed for this Nemonis, because theoretically he shouldn't be better than a regular Eid Echad, and an Eid Echad is not believed about a person's status vis-a-vis Gerishin. So when something gets a Chiddush, says the Ran, Dayenu, it's enough, Shenamen Oisei Be'oisei Taina Atzma, it's enough to believe him on that Taina itself, Meaning that she was Niskadsha Vinisgarsha, Aval Ein Oimrim Migu Machmazet. We don't say a Migu based on the fact that you could have tainted that she was Niskadsha Vinisgarsha. The Ein Lonu Boy Elochidushe Bilvat. Anytime, says the Ran, that you have a Taina that is a Chiddush and really shouldn't be Nemon, were it not for that special Chiddush, we don't say a Migu as a spin off of that Taina. Similarly, says Rabbi Chanan, Rashi over here holds that since Me'ikar Adin, you don't really have the Taina Mezuyif, because like we said, Edim Achsumal Ashtar Nasa Kamisha Nechre Dusim Bezdin Dami, the Shtar has the Toikif, it has the strength of two Edim, and it was a special Chiddush that was invented by the Rabbanan, that we allow the Loivet Taina Mezuyif, and then we require Kiyom. That, according to the Shittas Aran, is not a Taina that can generate a Migu, since Migus are only said based on Tainas that are not Chidushim. Because Ein Boy we only give you the Taina itself and not a spin-off of this Taina. Rabbi Chanan explains the Svara behind this, that clearly according to this Teretz in the Ran, and this Hezber of Rashi as well, Migu is not a Birur, rather it's a Koyach Taina. Birur is one way to understand Migu. That means that there is a Raya and a Svara that proves that I'm telling the truth. Because if I was lying, I would have had another Taina to Taina. He says, if that's the way you look at Migu, then this Ran doesn't make any sense. Because what difference does it make if it's a Chiddush or it's not a Chiddush? The point is that I still could have won, I could have achieved what I'm trying to with this Taina through another Taina that I know I could have been believed with. So we still have evidence that I'm telling the truth. Must be that Migu is not a Biru, rather it's a Koyach HaTayna. And Koyach HaTayna means that since I have the Koyach Nemonis, to be Nemon with Taina A, I'm Nemon with Taina B as well, which achieves the same result. Because I was empowered already with the first Taina. If the first Taina is only a Chiddush, so it's possible, says the Ran, that the Torah wasn't empowering me fully. The Torah was accepting that particular Taina as a Chiddush, even though I shouldn't be believed. And therefore, he says that, Ein el When it's not a Chiddush, then we could say that the Torah is empowering me fully. And by empowering me, I get any Taina that achieves the same result. But if there's no logic behind the Taina that I'm Taining, and it's only begeder a Chiddush, then we limit the Chiddush to the Taina itself, and does not give me, along with it, all the other Tainas that achieve the same result. That is Rebbe Chanan's Hezber, and it's also a difficult Hezber to understand, because although it's true that from the Ran you see a similar idea, it's hard to understand why logically that should be true. 
Because even if Migu is only a Kayachataina, it's hard to understand why it shouldn't be an automatic thing. If I have a Taina that I'm allowed to Taina, even if that Taina is a Chiddush, why would we say that it's limited to that Taina and it doesn't give me the offshoot, doesn't give me the other Tainas that could ch- achieve the same result? But once we see it in the Ran, it's understandable that Rabbi would apply it to our Rashi as well. A third Hezber in the Rashi could be found in the Sefer Birkas Avram. He explains that Migu only makes sense if I would have been Nemon, I would have been believed to Taina, Taina A, thereby I'm Nemon to Taina, Taina B, because I could have Taina A and I would have been Nemon to say A. However, the Taina of Mizuyev is not something that I would really have been Nemon to say. It's not as if Chazal say that I'm believed when I say that this star is forged. Rather, they say that I have the ability to force him to be Mekayim the Shtar when I claim that it's Mizuyev. Meaning to say that when I say Mizuyev, it's not as if Chazal believed me that this star is forged. Rather, they say that the moment that I claim that perhaps it's forged, I can challenge the validity of the Shtar. And by doing so, the Malva doesn't have the right to collect from me until he's Mekayim the Shtar. But Kozman, I didn't challenge the validity of the Shtar. The star remains with Toikve. It remains with its original strength of Eide Machsuma al Shtar, Nasakamish Nechre Dusim Bebezdin. And then I'm powerless with my Taina of Parua. So if I have a Taina that I could have been Nemon to say, then I'm believed with a different Taina based on the fact that I had the Kayach, the Taina, a different Taina. But if I have a Taina, which is not a Taina that I would have been believed to, to say, rather it's a Taina that would have been Goyrim, the Bezdin, to force him to be Mekayim the Shtar, then Kozman, that I didn't challenge the validity of the Shtar, Chazal never told him to be Mekayim the Shtar. So essentially what he's saying is that the reason that a person who Taina is Mezuyif ends up winning in court until the other person is Mekayim the Shtar is not with the Taina itself. He doesn't win because of his Taina's Mezuyif. If the Tainas Mezuyif was a winning Taina, then he would have a Migu to say Perua. He could have won with the Tainas Mezuyif, so he could now win with the Tainas Perua. Rather, the reason why he would have won in court is because the moment he Tainas Mezuyif, Bezin themselves go and question the validity of the Shtar. So the reason why he wins is because the person now has to be Mekayim the Shtar. Perua is not something that's Ma'ur the Suffolk about the Shtar. It doesn't ask Bezdin to challenge the Shtar. And so Bezdin will not force him to be Mekayim the Shtar. So you're left with the Kashur Shtar and Perua is powerless against the Shtar. And this fits very well with the Lushin that Tyson quotes from Rashi. It's Rabbanan who required Kim when he tainas Mezuyev. They weren't Matzrich Kim. So to tainas Mezuyev is something that causes them to be Matzrich Kim. It's not a winning Taina. It's rather something that will then cause them to tell the other person to be Mekayim the Shtar. And Kozman is not Mekayim the Shtar. They don't allow him to collect with it. But Perua is not a Taina that causes them to question the validity of the Shtar, and then they won't tell him to be Mekayim the Shtar. You're left with the regular Shtar, and a Shtar you cannot Taina Perua against. Now this Hezber also requires saying that Migu is not a Birur, meaning it's not a Raya that he's telling the truth, because if Migu is a Raya that you're telling the truth, then it shouldn't make a difference whether the means that you could have won was Al Yidei, a winning Taina, or it was an indirect way of winning, meaning that Bezdin is this order to the possibility that the star is forged through your Taina, because Saif Saif you would have won had you said Mizuyev, and therefore it must be that you're telling the truth when you say Perua as well. But if Migu is not a birr, rather it's a Koyacha Taina, then we understand what he's saying, that a person doesn't have a Migu unless he has a winning Taina. He could have won using a certain Taina, so he has the Koyach of that Taina to win with a different Taina. But if he doesn't have a winning Taina, it's just that there's a technicality that had he Tainaed something that would have caused the Bezdin to passel the Shtar, they wouldn't have allowed the Malva to collect from him unless he goes and is Mekayim the Shtar. And this Taina that he's Tainaing now, Perua, doesn't cause them to question the Shtar, so he has no Migu. Migu is only offset by a potentially winning Taina. Not by a Taina that merely causes Bezdin to question the Shtar and force him to be Mekayimit in order to collect. Because Avram says that he heard this Hezber B'Shem Rebarch Ber. So, so far, in answer to the question as to why you don't have a Migu, we have Toysvis' Pshat, their own Pshat, which is that a person is afraid to Taina a Taina, that he looks 
like a liar using, because if he says Mizuif, the person's Mekayim the Shtar, then he looked like a liar. Mashenkin, if he says Perua, he doesn't look like a liar. They bring down the Hezbo from Rashi, B'makam Acher, that Midairai Se'edim Hachsum Al-Shtar Nasik Mishinech Kudusim B'Bezdin, it was only the Rabbanan who were Matzach Kiyom, which, according to Rabbi Zalman, is a teretz, which is mashlam toisviz. Toisviz is explaining why you don't have a migu, and the pshat that they bring down from Rashi is explaining why you don't have a pesha aser. According to Rabbi Chanan, it's as far as similar to the Ran Kedushin, that when something is a chiddush, you don't get a migu based on that taina. And according to the Riks of Ram, b'shem Rabbarch Ber, it's because it's not a winning taina, and it's only a winning taina that gives you a migu. Toisviz then brings down a third pshat, which they reject, and that is that the reason that you're not Neman with a Migu is because you're up against an Umdana. And the Umdana is Shtar Chabiyari, my boy. You cannot taina that the Shtar was paid up because even though you have a Migu backing you up, nevertheless, you're going against the Chazaka that Shtar Chabiyari, my boy, which means what's your Shtar doing in my hand? And there are those that understand that that's actually what Rashi over here in our sugya means. Because Rashi's Loshin is, the Mikivan Sha'amar Kosher Hoya, Hari Huxik Ashtar, Vechi Amar Parativ, when he says that I paid it up, Loy Mehem, and he's not Neman, Sha'arebi Yad Hamalvehu. And that Rashi explains to tell us why we don't say Hapesha Asr or Hapesha Hitir. Toysis' reason for not liking this Pshat is because the Gemara soon is going to say that even when a person says, that this shtar is a shtar amona. A shtar amona means that he didn't borrow any money. He just wrote the shtar and gave it over to the malve. In the event that he needs to borrow money from him, he'll have the shtar. But right now, he trusts the malve that he's not going to be moitzli shtar on him and collect money from him. And the Gemara says, He's not nemon. The Gemara's maskana is that what we mean by that is that if the loive says this is the shtar amona, the loive is not nemon, and the reason the Gemara gives is because moide b'shashikosvei ein sarch lekaimoi. Now asks Toisvis, if moide b'shashikosvei ein sarch lekaimoi, the reason you're not nemon with the migu is only because of the umdina that shtar chabiyadi my boy. If I tain it to you amona, that it's a shtar amona that I gave it to you for the purpose of holding on to it, that in the event that I want to borrow money from you, you'll have a shtar, so you no longer have the umdina of shtar chabiyadi my boy, because I'm explaining how you got the shtar. Therefore, says Toisvis, we cannot learn like this pshat. However, Rashi in Debra Maslikar of Huna explains that the reason why you're not Neman to say shtar amonahu is because the loy avid inish the kasavu maser halva. It's uncommon for a person to write a shtar and trust the malva with the shtar and give it over to him without having borrowed money from him. So therefore we could say very simply that that chazaka, that a person would not do such a thing, is on the same level as the chazaka of shtar chabiyari my boy, and therefore in both cases you're not nemon. And you could ask that if we're saying that the reason why you're not nemon with the migu, according to this pshat, is because the migu is against the chazaka of shtar chabiyari my boy, or it's against the chazaka that a person would never give a shtar to a malva without having borrowed money from him, how could that be a good explanation? The Gemara Bo Basar Davheim Bebez has a shaylif. You say migu b'makam chazaka or not? There it's talking about the chazaka of ein adam pereyatech zmanoi. So why is that any different than the chazaka of shtar chabiyari meboy, which over here we're saying for a davar pashit that you're not neman with the migu against mashenkin over there? The Gemara has a shaylif. Are you neman with the migu b'makam chazaka or not? However, we can answer very simply based on Toisvis over there in Bo Basar and Davheim Bebez in Dibra Maschal Mi Amrinon. That Toysis already expresses the fact that there's machloik zasugis because Rami Bar Chama in Shvuas Daf Memhemabez says Hamafkir Eitzachaveri Bishtar somebody who gives a pikodin to his friend with a shtar is not nemut to say Hichzarti with a migu that he could have said Nensu you can't say that I returned the pikodin with a migu that I could have said an oynas happened and I'm nemut kineged a shtar and the reason why I don't have a migu I'm not nemut with a migu to say that I gave it back is because we have shtar chabiyari my boy you would never return it and not ask for the shtar back. So Toiso over there points out that that sheet of Rami Bar Chama in Shvuas is obviously arguing on the sugya in Babasa Dafheim Abayz, which says that there's a shaila if you're with the Mikkinek Chazaka. So just like Rami Bar Chama argues, we could say our sugya argues and holds that you're never Neman with a Migu against the Chazaka of Shtar Chabiyari, my boy. 
The Gemara says, As we already explained, Shtar means the person claims that there was never halva. The Shtar was given over in trust to the Malve in the event that he'll later on borrow money from him. And he's not Nemon. The Gemara comes out with three options as to what this means. Because at first glance, it's difficult to understand. As the Gemara explains, if the Loiv is the one who's saying Shtar is there, well, of course he's not Nemon. Why would he be Nemon to say that a Shtar that's written and signed is a Shtar If the Malva is saying that it's a shtar mana, what do we care? Tava Allah bracha, he's being moichel. And if it's the Adam saying it, so then it depends if it's ksav yadam yaitzimakamacha or not. So the first solution the Gemara gives is that it's the loive, but it's going like Rav Hunu says, So once he's moide, that the shtar was written, then he no longer has the ability to taina anything against it. The second suggestion the Gemara gives is that it's the Malva who says shtar mana. Now, what would be the reason not to believe him? It's his prerogative. He doesn't want to collect his money, so let him say that it's a shtar mana. Why do we care? The Gemara explains that it's a case where it's chav la'acheirim. A person is neman with haidas baldin if it's mechayev himself. But if it's mechayev other people, it causes somebody else a loss, then he's not neman. What is the case of chav la'acheirim? The Gemara explains that there are other people who he owes money to. This malva owes money to other people, and he doesn't have money with which to pay them. They want to collect from this chayv. So Shimon the Malve owes money to Ruuvain. Ruuvain wants to collect from the chayv that Levi is chayv to Shimon. And therefore, Shimon would not be nemat to say that the shtar is merely a shtar amana because then Ruven will lose out. And the Gemara says it's going like Reb Nassin. Could Reb Nassin detanya? Reb Nassin, I'm reminayin l'noisha b'chaveri mone, b'chaveri b'chaveri. How do we know that if Ruven lent Shimon money and Shimon lent Levi money, so Levi owes uh, Shimon and Shimon owes Ruven? Minayin shemaytziim mizev noisin lazeh. How do we know that we take directly from Levi and give it to Ruven? Tamalim Reb Nassin la'asher hashamloi. So that's why it's considered chav la'cherem. The Ran over here asks a very simple question. He says, why do we need to say that it's going like Reb Even without the special din of Reb that we're Moitzien Mizev and Noitzen Lezeh, we take away from Levi and give it to Ruvain, which means that Ruvain has the right to directly be Tevea from Levi. Ruvain is considered a Baldover to be Tevea from Levi. Now, even if you don't hold like Reb you hold like there are Baron who argue on Reb and they hold that we're not Moitzien Mizev and Noitzen Lezeh. We don't take away from Levi and give to Ruven. If Shimon is never Tevea Levi, Ruven does not have rights to be Tevea Levi. Yet the Rabbanans still have to agree that the moment Ruven is Tevea Shimon, we're Goive for Ruven from anything that belongs to Shimon. And therefore asks the Ran, why wouldn't this Chayv be included in the things that we have the right to collect for Ruven from Shimon? One of his assets is the Chayv that is owed to him by Levi. And since we should be collecting from all his assets, including this shtar, if the only thing that he has left is this chayv, then it's considered chav la'acherim, just like according to Reb Nassim. Answers the Ran, that from this sugya you see that shtarais are not b'nei guvayna When we collect for Ruvain from Shimon's assets, we do not collect from shtarais, because shtarais are not considered gufan mamin. The shtar does not have inherent value. It's only a document that allows you to collect with, but it itself is not worth anything, and therefore we don't use it to collect for Ruvain for his chayv. Ruvain has a shibud on all the nechassim that have value in Shimon's rishus. The shibud does not include things that are not gufan mamin. That's what the Ram proves from this sugya. Therefore he says, you need Rav Nassin's din. Without Rav Nassin, we wouldn't collect for Ruvain from this shtar. And therefore, Shimon's haidah, that the shtar is only a shtar amona, is not considered chav la'acherim, because it doesn't cause Ruvain a loss. After, we have Reb Nassim's din, so Ruvain has the right to collect directly from Levi. So if Shimon says that it's a shtar amona, he's being chav la'acherim, he's causing Ruvain a loss. The Ran later in Daf Kuf Yud Omid Aleph brings down Ashita Sarajba that holds the same thing. That Shtaris are not B'nei Guvayna However, the tour in Simen Kuf Aleph says B'Shem his father the Rosh. And this is the way the Mechaber Paskins in Simen Kuf Aleph Sifhei. If the Loive, meaning Shimon, has Shtari Chayvis on other people, Levi owes Shimon money. So he has to pay. Shimon has to pay Ruvain, and we collect from Shimon's property. Says the Mechaber, you're allowed to use the Shtaris that are in the Rishus of Shimon to collect for Ruvain's Chayv. And we estimate the value, how much you could get for this Shtar, if you were to sell it to somebody else, how much money could you get in the market for it, and that's what you use to collect for the Chayv of Ruvain. That means that you don't necessarily write off the entire value of the Chayv for the Chayv of Ruvain. You write off the amount that it's worth in the market. So let's say it's hard because Levi is a difficult person. It'll be hard to get the money out of him. That all goes into the price that somebody would pay for this shtar. So you see that he considers a shtar something b'nei guvayna. 
we would collect from the shtar to pay off the chayv to Ruven. So according to these shittas, we have the question back. Why is it that the Gemara has to use Shibura de Rabnasin, even without the dinner of Rabnasin, who says that Levi is chayev directly to Ruvain, there still should be a problem with Shimon being able to say, Shtar because he's still causing Ruvain to lose out. Since without saying Shtar Amana, Ruvain would be able to collect from this Shtar. So by being moide, that it's a Shtar Amana, he is chav l'acherim. Answers the Shach in Simon Kuf Aleph, Sifkot and Gimel, that even though, according to the Rosh, Shtaris are B'nei Guvayna, so he could use the Shtaris of Shimon to collect for Ruven his Chayv, nevertheless, he says, it's no different than if Shimon himself were to have sold this Shtar to somebody else. The halacha is that if Shimon would sell his Shtar to a third party, we'll call him Yehuda, Shimon has the ability, after he already sold the Shtar to Yehuda, to claim that this shtar is parua, or to say that it's a shtar amana, b'migu that he could really go now and be moichel the chayv. Therefore, says the shach, so too if Bezdin takes the shtar away from Shimon and gives it to Ruven as a guvaina, as a payment for his chayv, Shimon still has the ability to be neman that it was parua or that it's a shtar amana, b'migu that it could be moichel. So you'll ask them, what does it help when we introduce the idea of Shibura Derb If we say that without Shibura Derb there is an idea that the Shtar is a B'nei Guvayna, and yet Shimon could be Moichel the Chayv, even after it was collected. And if he could be Moichel the Chayv, he's also Neman B'migu, that he could have been Moichel the Chayv. He's Neman to say that it was a Shtar Amana or that it was Parua. So let's say the same thing after Rav introduces the fact that Levi is Chayv directly to Ruvain, that Shimon still could be Moichel, and if he could be Moichel, he could be Neman with a Migu, that he could say it's a Shtar Amana. So there are two responses to this question. Number one, it's not clear what the position of the rush is, Ligabe, whether by Shibura Derb Nasin, Shimon could be Moichel the Chayv to Levi. Or do we say that since Levi is directly Chayv to Ruvain, no longer can Shimon be Moichel the Chayv. Now this happens to be a stira in the rush. The rush in our sugya seems to be of the opinion that he can be Moichel. However, there is a rush in the Chuvis that seems to indicate that he cannot be Moichel, and then the Shach's Teretz would be very easy to understand. Take a look at the Karbanasanel in Ois Tov. Over there he says that the sheet of the Torah is that his father, the Rosh, was Choyzer in the Chuvis and holds that it's not possible for Shimon to be Moichel. So according to that, then it's very simple what changes after we introduce Shibura Derb After we know about Shibura Derb it's no longer possible for him to be Moichel, and that's why he's not Nema to say Shtar Amona. Because now, Levi is Chayv directly to Ruvain. Shimon cannot be Moichel or Chayv that Levi is Chayv to Ruvain. However, even if you say, like the Rosh is Mashba in our Sugya, that Shimon does have the ability, even after Shibura Derb to be Moichel Levi on the Chayv, Nevertheless, there is still a difference between Shibura Derb and prior to the dinner of Shibura Derb Because the Rush and Taisis both asked the question, why after we say about Shibura Derb don't we say that he has a Migu? He's Neman with a Migu, they're assuming that he could be Moichel, and therefore let him be Neman with a Migu, that he could have been Moichel, and let him say now that it was a Shtar Amana. Answers Taisis and the Rush that this is not a Migu, because perhaps the person, Shimon, does not want to lose out on his money. If he's Moichel Lechayv, he'll never see it. But if he says that it's Shtar Amana, then he always has a chance of being able to get the money out of Levi, who knows that he really does owe him the money. Levi's not a Goslin, so Levi is going to pay him back. If he's Moichel Lechayv, Levi doesn't have to pay him. Now that's only true in the case where Ruvain has not yet collected the Chayv from Levi. Then if you'll ask me, Midin Shibura Derb Levi has to pay to Ruvain. And Shimon has the ability to be Moichel the Chayv that Levi owes him. Says Toisfis and the Rosh, he doesn't have a Migu to say that it was a Shtar Amana, Migu that it could have been Moichel the Chayv, because he doesn't want to be Moichel the Chayv. But what happens if Shimon already sold his Chayv to somebody else? Would he then be Neman to say that it's a Shtar Amana, Migu that it could have been Moichel? The Shach told us that he can't. And the reason is very simple. Because the whole reason why Toisfis and the Rosh say that there's no Migu to say that it's a Shtar Amana, because I have a Migu I could have been Moichel, is because I would not want to lose out on my money. If I'm Moichel him, I'll never see the money. But if I say to Shtar money, he'll still pay me. However, if I sold the Shtar Choyv, I got my money from the sale. So I lose nothing by being Moichel. Therefore, says the Shach, I'm Nemon to say that it's a Shtar Amana in such a case where I sold the Shtar, Bimigu, that I could have been Moichel the Choyv. There I have no reason not to be Moichel. And being that that is the case, the Shach compared selling your Shtar to the case where it was collected by Bezdin to pay back Ruvain the Choyv that Shimon owes him. Because Shtaris are B'nei Guvayna. 
And there as well, the same Sfar that we just said, Legabe, when he sells his Chayv, would hold true in the case where, where the Shtar was used to pay back a Chayv. Because Shimon essentially already got his money from the Chayv. He used it to pay back Ruvain, the Chayv that he owed him. And therefore, in that case, you also have a Migu. The same Migu that you have when you sell the Shtar, you would have in the event that the Shtar was used to pay back Ruvain. That's all true without Shibuta Derb Nassin. Once you introduce Shibuta Derb Nassin, so Mimarifshach. If Ruvain has not yet been Goive the Chayv from Levi, then Toysvis and the Rosh told us that Shimon would not be Neman with Amigu, that it's a Shtar Amana, Amigu, that he could have been Moichel the Chayv, because he would never be Moichel the Chayv. He'll lose out on his money. So Ruvain has the ability to go collect from Levi. Once Ruvain collects from Levi, of course there's nothing to talk about. The Chayv has been collected already. And it's not as if Ruvain has to take the Shtar away from Shimon in order to be able to collect from Levi. So in the case of prior to Shibura Derb Nassin, where we were talking about the Shtar being a Bar Guvaina, the only way for Ruven to get his money out of Levi is if he were to collect the Shtar, take the Shtar away from Shimon, and with the Shtar it could be Goive from Levi. In that case, as soon as he takes the Shtar away from Shimon, Shimon can turn around and be Moichel the Choyv. And then he does have a Migu, like we explained, because in the case where the Shtar was already taken away from him as payment for Ruvain, he doesn't lose anything out by being Moichel the Chayv. But by Shibuta Derb Nassin, you don't need to take the Shtar away from Shimon in order to collect from Levi. He could directly be Teveh from Levi. In which case, although Shimon would be capable of being Moichel the Chayv, he certainly doesn't have the Migu. As we explained, the Migu to say that it was a Shtar Amana, because he has the Koyach to be Moichel the Chayv, he's not Neman since he never would be Moichel the Chayv. As Toysis and the Rosh explained, Explain. He'll never see his money. So the Hezbar of Toysfis and the Rosh, that you don't have a Migu to say Shtar Amana, the Migu that you could have been Moichel the Chayv, is all true only after we introduce Shibura Derb Nassin. There, you don't have to take the Shtar away from Shimon in order to collect your Chayv. And therefore, at the stage in which Ruven has not yet been Goive from Levi, Shimon would not be Neman to say it's a Shtar Amana, the Migu, that he could have been Moichel the Chayv, because he never would be Moichel the Chayv. Masha'en came, before we know about Shibuta Derb Nassin, the only way for Ruven to get his money would be al Yidei taking the Shtar away from Shimon. And in that case, the moment he takes the Shtar away from Shimon, Shimon could be Moichel the Chayv. And in that case, he does have a Migu, he could say Shtar Amana, be Migu, that he could be Moichel the Chayv, because he would lose out nothing by being Moichel the Chayv at that point, after it was taken away from him by Ruven. So in short, we have three approaches to why we had to introduce Shibura Derb Nassin. According to the Ran, the reason why we had to introduce Shibura Derb Nassin is because without Shibura Derb Nassin, Shtaris are not Bnei Guvaina. In which case, it's not Chavla Acherim if Shimon were to say that this Shtar is a Shtar Amone. He's not affecting Ruvain at all because Ruvain cannot take the Shtar away from him. According to the Rush, however, we learned that Shtaris are B'nei Guvaina. Ruvain has the right to take the Shtar away from Shimon. And therefore the question comes back, why in order to make it Chavla Acherim did we need to introduce Shibura Derb Nassin? Even according to the Rabbanan who argue on Shibura Derb Nassin, it should be called Chavla Acherim because he's affecting Ruvain. Al-Yudei saying that the Shtar is a Shtar Amona. And we offer two approaches to that question. If you hold that the Rosh Hashita is that after Shibura Derb Nassin, you cannot be Moichel L'Chayv, which is actually the second terrace of Toysfis in our Sugya, and it seems according to the Karbanasana to be the position of the Torah that the Rosh was Chayzer in the Chuvis, and he holds that you cannot be Moichel L'Chayv post Shibura Derb Nassin, then once again, it's very simple. Even though it may be Chav L'Acherim, Nevertheless, Shimon would be Neman with a Migu that he could be Moichel the Chayv. Masha'en Kain, after Shibura Derb Nassin, Shimon cannot be Moichel the Chayv and therefore he has no Migu. However, the third approach is based on the assumption that the Rosh's position is that you could be Moichel the Chayv even after Shibura Derb Nassin. Nevertheless, at that point you have no Migu because if he were to be Moichel the Chayv, he would lose out because he'll never get his money. Masha'en Kain, Shtaramana, he will get his money. So that's if you hold the Shibura Derb Nassin. If you don't hold the Shibura Derb Nassin, then the only way for Ruven to be Goyve the Choyv is Alidei taking away the Shtar from Shimon. At that point, Shimon could be Moichel the Choyv. And then he does have a Migu when he says Shtar Amona because he already got his money, Alidei giving the Shtar to Ruven, just like a person who sells his Shtar to a third party. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a daf or masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.